Lowfield podcast. Welcome back to this week's episode. I'm really um, happy to have Michaela Shirley with us today. Michaela is um, someone who we met last December when we were interviewing candidates for um, our social media specialist position. And Michaela just struck a chord with us right away. Abby and Valencia were still with me on the staff at the time, and they were part of the interview process, and they loved Michaela. But we had some other candidates um, and other people that joined our staff that had a little more experience in some of these areas, but we're like, okay, let's let's stay in contact with Michaela because she's a learner. She's um, very intuitive and just willing to work hard and, and wants to be a part of this. So so we did that. So Valencia kept in contact with her. And um, there came a time when uh, Valencia was stepping away and Charlotte was busy with school. And it was like, this would be a really great time to bring Michaela on. She can learn from Charlotte and she can also help Charlotte carry some of the load while Charlotte was juggling a lot of things going on in her senior year. So we got to bring Michaela on board at that point, about, I think, probably about halfway through season two. And um, and she has just been a go-getter. She has learned. She has put things into play. She's been anything I need researched. Michaela researches for me, and she just goes, and she finds the answers, and she figures it out. And it's great because I, that's not something I always have the time to do. She has, is helping us get um, a broader social media reach. She started a LinkedIn page for us. Um, she's doing t- our Twitter account. I mean, she's just helping in all these different ways. And she's just that person that wants to learn. And she just brings an, another fresh, um, new, different perspective to our staff. So super excited to get to introduce you to Michaela today. Um, Michaela is creative considerate, dedicated, and empathetic. Um, For more information on Michaela um, this week, you can see the show notes. Um, There will be a blog uh, about this episode that will be posted on our website at embracinglayers.com. You can also find our episodes there or on um, Spotify. Or, and you can also follow us on Instagram at Embracing Layers. And as I mentioned earlier, you can now find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and soon to be YouTube. So we are everywhere now, folks. There's no excuse. You can find us everywhere. And you can learn about Michaela in all those places and all of our guests every week. Michaela, welcome. I'm so happy to have you with me today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. We are going to start off right off the bat with Michaela, how do you prioritize self-care in your life? And what does that look like for you? So I typically like to prioritize self-care by nourishing my relationship with God. Um, He tends to keep me stable and calm in moments when my thoughts could be all over the place. And when I lack self-control or I should say like when my mind tends to go to places that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So I am able to stay grounded and firm in self-care whenever I nourish my relationship with him and I am in his presence and in his word. Like it really helps to ground me and it helps me to prioritize rest and also mm-hmm. prioritize um, stability in my life as well. So I tend to like to, um, take time out of the day to just talk with him 
about any and everything that comes to mind as well as what I currently go through in life. And he really encourages me and helps me to see the beauty of life, honestly. Yeah. I, I love that. I love a couple of things there. You mentioned rest. And I think sometimes in this culture, we forget that God wants us to rest. Yes. <laughs> it's actually biblical. <laughs> so I love that you mentioned that and just that, um, you know, we're created in God's image and God wants good for us. And so I love how you how you brought that into play and how that's such a center um, in your life. All right. Um, confidently setting boundaries. What does that look like for you? So I haven't had to set boundaries in my relationships with people in a while. And I think it's because now that I'm at a stage in my life where we people have their own schedules and everyone is doing their own thing. I don't necessarily have to like establish or set boundaries with people or um, they interfere with my boundaries. But what I've started doing is setting boundaries with social media as well as mm. the internet and my technological devices, because I will admit, I do tend to spend a lot of time on social media um, now more than ever, because now that I'm working from home and now that yeah. I'm finished with school, it is so easy and tempting to just be on my phone or be on my laptop all day, every day, but it is good to put your time, energy, and attention to other things that are much more important than yeah. social media. So that's something that I'm trying to um, implement in my daily life and, you know, taking out time each month to take breaks from social media because I have found it to be very empowering and peaceful. And I just feel so much better about myself whenever I do establish those breaks. So yeah. right now I'm at a place in my life where when it comes to boundaries, I like to set boundaries with social media in my devices more so than my relationships with other people. I think that's a really good point. I think sometimes when we hear boundaries, we automatically think of relationships. Boundaries apply, applies to everything. It applies to how long do I work in a day? It applies to how much am I on social media? It applies to, you know, how much do I work out in a week and is it too much or not? I mean, I think so the really good point on the fact that boundaries apply to everything in our life. But I know what you mean on the taking a break. I took a complete social media break when I was on vacation earlier this month. And I hadn't done a complete one in a long time because I would take a break from like other stuff, but I would stay with the podcast stuff. Like I'm, it's early, it's new. I'm not going to take a break from it. So I said, I told you all, nope, take it. I did not. It was so nice. I didn't miss it. <laughs> I read books. I, you know, sat outside in nature. I mean, it was just so, I think that is really important and you do, and it helps you to keep things in perspective too, because there's some, you know, like every good thing, if you do it too much, it can become a negative. And I think social media is a big one on that front. Um, all right. Taking care of your emotional health as much as your physical health. What are some practices that you use to to make this possible for you to process your emotions in a healthy way so they don't become stored up in your body and show up physically? Sure. So I have started going to therapy last year, mm -hmm. and that's helped me to think differently about how I react and respond to things because mm -hmm. I tend to um, find it difficult to um, I guess not rationalize my emotions, but just to calm my emotions down whenever I'm experiencing it, because I am very emotional. I used to be called very sensitive when I was younger. So it does tend to be very difficult for me to keep my emotions in check. But therapy has definitely been helping me out with that. 
where I'm questioning, okay, where are these thoughts coming from? Um, What triggers them and how to best go about um, taking these thoughts captive when they become too overwhelming or too much of a burden for me to bear. And I think going out in nature definitely helps me too, because it allows me to be present with the Lord and just enjoy his creation and just to see the beauty of the world. Because um, I I think you definitely notice it in every season, but especially when it comes to spring and summer, because that's when the flowers are blooming. Mm -hmm. That's when the sun is at its highest peak, it seems. And you just see all these intricate and beautiful things about our world. So that definitely helps me out a lot. And so it helps to... um, better my mental health when I actually take the time out of my day to maybe take five minutes out of my day to just get out in the sun, enjoy the warmth while we can. Yeah. And to It's gonna turn soon. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So yeah, that definitely has helped. And also I think watching YouTube videos has also helped to um better my emotional health. Because I've noticed that, I guess, listening and watching people's stories, um, it's very inspiring and empowering. And it reminds me that I am not alone in my struggles and I'm not Mm. alone in my life experiences. So it's just nice to be able to see where people are in life and where they were before. And, you know, how I, too, can share my story to help someone else. I think that definitely helps out with keeping me um, stable and sane. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think there's so many important things there. One, I think the nature thing, especially I feel like in this time we've been in the last few years, it's so good to get outside and see the beauty in the world. I know that for me, um, I try to get outside at least once every day, even if it's just a short walk around the block. And also like on our vacation, we spent all, we went to, we were at, in the mountains at lakes. Um, we had an Airbnb by the um, the water, the um, Puget Sound, which is kind of um, salt water. It's not the open ocean, but just beaut. And it just, it was just so refreshing and just such a reminder of all that is beautiful. And I think we need that. I think that can be so grounding for us right now. And I love the stories piece. I'm passionate as you, as you've heard me talk about, about stories and listening to people's stories to create, you know, to create bridges and, you know, and to find common ground and to also not feel alone. Because I think with all of us working a lot virtually, um, it's really convenient and we don't have to, you know, drive anywhere and spend the money on gas right now and have commute times and all those things, but it can also, uh, can be isolating. And so just getting out in nature, watching those YouTube videos, connecting with people in those ways where we can find common ground. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was, that's awesome. How can we support ourselves and other women in living unapologetically? I think by, being in tune with our feelings and emotions and also being considerate of others. Because I think Mm -hmm. what we lack most in this world is a lack of empathy and love towards one another. And we're so quick to judge and we're so quick to make assumptions about people based off of what we see on social media. Um, 
And as we know, social media is basically a highlight reel of our lives. It's not actually our reality. So this is what we want people to perceive us as, but it's not the full extent of who we are. So I think, you know, just being a listening ear to others and hearing them out as to why they do the things that they do and also being respectful of who they are and what they're trying to showcase in the world. And also, um, you know, staying true to who you are, because I think that's also something that we tend to lose. I think when we start to get fame, fortune and wealth, um, we start to lose our identity in a sense. So I think, you know, staying true to ourselves and, you know, being embracing you know, who you are and also embracing others because we can always learn something from another person, especially if we haven't walked in their shoes. And I think that Mm, that's the beauty of life. You know, we get to learn from other people and they get to learn from us. So it's just so beautiful how life works and how we were created for that. So I think that's amazing. Yeah, I love that. And I and I think something that's really important you pointed out, you we can disagree. We don't have to be disagreeable. You know, I mean, we can have our, you know, our opinions and, and you, but we can still be respectful and empathetic. There doesn't have to be, because there's, like you said, there's always something you can learn from someone. And I think it goes back to that story piece. When you listen to each other's stories and gain an understanding of where people come from and why they feel the way they do, you may not still agree with it, but at least it gives you some texture and, um, And yes, because we all, and like you said about social media, it is a snapshot. It is not the full story. So thank you for your thoughts on that. Really, really good thoughts on that. The importance of setting and coming back to your why slash your values in everything you do. And I I think I have a pretty good idea of what your answer is going to be here, but share with us how that works for you. So everything stems from my Christian identity and Mm -hmm. my beliefs in my Christian walk. And yeah. so everything stems from that. My identity is rooted and grounded in that. And so yeah. why I do the things that I do, such as, for example, um, you know, being kind to people who may be unkind and unforgiving towards me is out of my love for God and out of what I'm being taught to do. And so it's not easy, yeah. um, you know, being a Christian and, living this life that I live, but I, you know, I think it's become easier with being connected with other like-minded believers in my friend circle or at my church or in my family, you know, just being able to um, gain their perspective of why they are the way that they are now. And it got passed down to me. And Mm -hmm. so it took me a while to get here, but I couldn't be prouder of the growth that I've made as a result of that. And so again, yeah, everything stems from my Christian identity and my walk with Christ. And again, it's taken me a while to be open and honest about it because before Christ, I was lost and I did not, like my values and beliefs did not stem from my identity. I think it stemmed from my peers, and then mm-hmm. what I felt was true. But now I've realized um, that I guess what I was valuing is not actually um, true or not what I 
believe is true now that things sure. have changed and everything. So yeah, that's what I would say my wine values stem from. Yeah, I think that's a really great answer. And you make a great point. I mean, I think all your values, your why, your spiritual walk, your faith, all those kinds of things that we base our values off of, we each have to do our own journey with that. Because we all grew up with a set of prescribed things that were presented to us. And that's the background. But at some point, we have to like step back and be like, okay, how do what's my own? What do I believe? What, What is speaking to me? How do I walk this out? So it's not my parents. It's not my, you know, teachers or whatever it is and 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 coming to that place because then when you get there like okay this is mine I own this and now I I I have a place to to branch from when I get asked to do things does it line up with these with these values and what I believe yes or no and so but I think yeah really important that you talked about having to do your journey and getting there and and owning it and being proud of yourself for it because that's awesome and we all have to do that at some point um so thank you for that Living out of your own expectations versus others' expectations of you. Oh, this is a great one. Um, Coming from someone who used to be a big people pleaser, I think my end goal has always been to please other people and to do what they expected me to do. So out of me not getting in trouble, me not getting yelled at or criticized for going against what someone has instructed me to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's been difficult for me to say no to people, even if it was out of me doing something that I was uncomfortable with or something that went against what I was taught was supposed to be true. And Mm -hmm. so it's been difficult to combat that and to live outside of people's expectations towards me. But I think I'm at a place in my life where it's starting to become a little easier to tell people no and to stay true to who I am and be okay with that, embrace that, and to no longer allow the opinions of others to persuade me to be something that I'm not. And to, you know, not conform to what other people desire me to be because I think what people want out of me is maybe to get out of my shy and introverted bubble, which I definitely do as well. Mm -hmm. But I know that even what other people can see as an imperfection or flaw of mine, God can also use that for his glory and for my good. And for the benefit of others too, because I know that there are so many introverts in the world and I'm so thankful to know that there are so many introverts because I used to feel alone in that. So yet not allowing those opinions to sway me and make me feel as though something is wrong with me and that I need to fix who I am to appease other people. It's going to be very difficult for us to appease others. Like even if we're able to appease one person, another person is going to find fault in it. And so we just have to get to a place in our life where we ask ourselves, okay, are we going to live for another person or are we going to live for what we know to be true or the truth that we want to live out? And so um, that's what I'm trying to do right now, trying to not only stay true to myself, but also learning when to say no and being okay to say no to people when something that they ask me to do or want me to do 
goes against what I believe or goes against like my expectations. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah. And I think you, I love that you spoke to the introvert piece because we live in a culture and a world that has told us that the loudest voice in the room is, is the most important and the one that needs to be heard and gets to be the leader and all those things. And that's just not true because Mm -hmm. we need, we need both sides. We need the people like that, but we also need the introverts that are intuitive and listening and taking things in and have, when they say, when you say something, it needs to be heard. It needs to be said. It's well thought out. It's it's who you are. And I, I love that you spoke to that because I think that um, we need to do a better job. When, I think it's starting to become talked about more um, that that's how you were designed. That's who you're made. That's that's who we need in the world. You exactly as you are and not someone trying to talk you into it being something different or that that the way you are isn't okay because that's just that's just not true. So I love that you spoke to that. And, um, and it, it has so much value and there's, it needs to be talked about more, but thank you. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Accepting the layered aspects of ourselves, all of the stuff that we're made of, all the good stuff, the tough stuff, the things we've learned, where we've came from. How do you, how do you feel about that? What's your journey been like with that? So as someone who has struggled to fit in and Mm. to come out of my shell. It's just been very difficult for me to accept who I am because I always felt Mm. like I had to be a social butterfly to be accepted or to do things that I saw my peers doing that was acceptable or would make me popular. But as I started getting older, I started to realize that me being shy and me being introverted is probably going to be a part of my life forever, even uh, though I am constantly working at, you know, being more open, you know, um, having a voice and being able to use the voice that I was given to help others and to give my share whenever I can. But yeah, it's taken me, I think, until maybe I got to college to open up more and to mm-hmm. blossom into this person who was comfortable with sharing parts of myself that I kept hidden for quite some time and was very unashamed and afraid to tell anyone out of fear of judgment or being misjudged by others. And so um, now that I am a little well into my 20s, I'm starting to embrace this part of me because again, I've realized that there are so many people that I'm connected to or even don't know personally who also can empathize with me and struggling to open up and to not conform to what society says a young adult or a teenager or a child should be or how they should act or dress. But, you know, coming to this conclusion really helps me to embrace the parts of myself that, again, have always been seen as false or imperfection from others and turning them into shrimps or opportunities for growth and change to take place or for me to embrace this part of myself that, again, even I, too, saw as a weakness of mine as well. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's so important of just like, you know, I think we all at some point in our lives, and it'll, it'll be a continued process. I can speak for myself at 52 years old. It's a continual process of accepting those layers. But, you know, again, it just goes back to just knowing that we're growing and we're learning all the time. And then the way that we are made is good. 
And, and as we learn and grow, we'll do differently and, and, and progress, but we will be true to who we are. And other people don't get to decide um, based on what's comfortable for them, how, how we accept ourselves and deal with all those things and, and how we learn from all these different layers. So thank you so much for speaking to that. In summary, in living out feel, finding empowerment, embracing layers, um, how has this affected you, the quality of your relationships? How has this how is this playing out for you as you and you're young, so you might be still figuring some of this out, but what do you have to, what have what's been your experience with this? I would say that it's allowed me to be more connected with people who are like me Mm. Um, because for the most part my friend circle have been people who were also introverts or shy just like me and found it very difficult to open up to people and to ask questions to Mm. teachers or maybe the manager in a store to ask them questions about um an outfit that they were interested in buying Mm. or um, a pair of shoes that they were probably interested in and getting a friend for their birthday, for example. Mm. And so it hasn't been a hindrance per se, but I do see my faith has definitely, um, I think, pushed some people off um, Mm. because I guess people don't relate to it or can't Mm. relate to it. So um, they get turned off by me embracing this part of myself that Mm. it's taken me also a while to accept and also to embrace myself. But um, I see how it's negatively affected my relationships with others and probably has made people not really want to communicate with me or not wanting to have me be a part of their friend circle because they don't understand that themselves or they're not walking it out with me. And so I've seen how it's affected me negatively, but it's also allowed me to grow closer to people at my church or other churches and to find a community of people who also embrace this part of them, a part of themselves that they too may have also, um, have found it difficult to say, um, this is who I am and this is who I want people to know me by. And so, um, yeah, I would say that it's both positively and negatively infected my relationships with others, but I am so thankful for the relationships that I have today. And I know that as time goes on, um, I will definitely ex- be able to expand my circle and be able to meet other great people in this world that I would love to meet and connect yeah. with, especially those people that I've connected to on Twitter, for example, mm. they are so great. And um, I hope one day I would be able to have a conversation with them or talk to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just being able to um, not back down of who I am, but um, embracing the relationships that I currently have today, but also sure. being grateful and thankful for the relationships that have ended um, mm. as a result of my faith or as a result of other things as well. Sure. Well, you bring up a great point. I think one thing that we all have to, it can be a hard time 
accepting sometimes is we're not going to be for everybody and that's okay. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be for everybody. Not everyone's going to like us and we're not going to like everybody else. You know, and and relationships are going to come and go based on where we are in our life. That doesn't mean that relationship wasn't valuable at the time and that we didn't learn something from it. That doesn't mean that it's not okay, that it's okay, you know, not okay now to move on because that relationship is no longer um, fits in this season that we're in. And, And I think it's just accepting that flow of life and things. We don't have to be angry about it or we can't, we might be sad. We might, there may be some things we miss from it. But also understanding that that as long as we're being true to who we are and who we were made to be, that that's and that we believe that about ourselves and feel good about that, that that's what matters at the end of the day. And we're going to be in relationship with people that are that are drawn to that. Um, so thank you for speaking to that, because I think that's something that can be hard. And especially at, um, when you're in your 20s and you're coming out of college and things are kind of changing, a lot of times that's a, that's a season of shift in relationships. People go in different directions and that's going to happen again throughout your life. So I'm, I'm really glad. And I think you've spoken really well to that out of how you've come to into your own and accepted who you are and started defining uh, what you believe based on on you and 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 how that has evolved and how you've accepted those those layers. So I think that was a really nice way to to wrap up everything you've talked about today. All right, we are down to our rapid fire. Name five activities that nourish you. All right. So one of the activities that nourishes me is listening to music, in particular worship music, because Mm -hmm. there's something about it that is so peaceful and so calming to me. And I like to dance around the Mm -hmm. house whenever I play it out loud, too. So it's just a nice way to remind myself of who I am in Christ, but also being able to enjoy his presence and enjoy everything that he has done for me up to this point in my life. Um, it's definitely not a genre of music that I've always liked to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of recently, I've started really getting into it and I just found it to be more peaceful for me and um, just great overall. I'm just discovering all these songs that, you know, either I grew up with or mm-hmm. I'm just learning about. And it's like, wow, I could have used this music when I was in school, like this would have been so great when I was stressed out about that one paper that I was writing or that project that I was doing in school. But nonetheless, I'm still grateful for that. Um, And another activity that tends to nourish me is also watching TV. Um, I don't actually watch a lot of TV like I used to anymore, but the few shows that I do watch, um, it allows me to escape from reality for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've always loved about film and TV. It's allowed me to escape to this imaginary world that we don't live ourselves. And it allows us to be sucked into these characters and their Mm -hmm. setting and their world. And, you know, you wish you were in that world, but, (laughs) you know, you just enjoy the fact that you get an opportunity to explore it with them. And so, yeah. um, yeah, I like the fact that, um, now that I'm out of school, I can watch it whenever I want to. (laughs) And, um, there's no shame about it, but, um, yeah, I found it to be very helpful in you know, keeping up with the world because I do, um, watch the news from time to time. 
too, just to stay informed of what's going on in our yeah. world. And yeah, just to, again, escape from reality and also to give me off my phone and laptop as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and another activity that tends to nourish me is, um, and I think I've talked about this before, but like just being able to go outside, um, mm. because it's been hot and humid outside, unfortunately, yeah. I have not been able to, um, walk around the neighborhood like I would want to. Sure. And so as disappointing as that is, I still try to get some vitamin D in me when I can. Yeah. And it's just nice to be in nature again, being able to see the beauty of the outside world and, you know, being a part of that. There's something so beautiful about that. And I will cherish that forever. I don't take any of that time for granted. So yeah. um, that definitely helps to nourish me. And another activity that nourishes me is being able to talk to friends as well. Um, being able to just be open and transparent about what I'm going to, to the people that I'm closest to helps me to voice my opinions or just talk freely about things that I may have bottled up before, but it allows me space to not only hear from them and hear how they're doing, but also to talk to them about what's been going on with me mm -hmm. and seeing how we could, you know, get to a place where we could probably meet up afterwards and see each other physically and have that physical interaction with one another. And so that tends to nourish me. And I actually told a good friend of mine recently that even with me being a shy and introverted person, I love being able to have that intimacy and closeness with people in person, there's nothing mm -hmm. like it. Yeah. And I think we can all, what we're all going to be taking from this pandemic is that we will never take the time that we have with people in person for granted. And there's yeah. just something about physical intimacy that is just so much better than, you know, talking to people virtually and texting and calling people. Yes, those things are great, but you don't get that same affection or love from people as you do in person yeah. and so that tends to nourish me and makes me again recognize the beauty of life and so I'm just grateful for the opportunities recently that I've had to be able to spend time with family and friends and hopefully I'll get an opportunity to still connect with them in person and I think my last activity that tends to nourish me is Hmm. I guess also therapy too, because yeah. um, I would I used to say to myself when I first started therapy last year, I'm like, I really love therapy. Like, there's just <laughs> something about it that's just yeah. so, oh, it's just so peaceful and it it's so calming. And there's just something about being able to again being open and honest with someone about what you're going through and hearing their feedback on what you're going through and the ways in which they can help you get to a place of mental health betterment. It's yeah. just something so great about that. And so I am so grateful that I've decided to go back to therapy because I really needed it yeah. after like an incident that happened last January. Mm. And so it's just been really helpful, not only in my mental health journey, but I also think in my spiritual walk with Christ as well. I know that there's been controversy in the Christian community about how Christians should view mental health and therapy and everything. But for me personally, it's allowed me to not only 
grow closer to Christ, but also to get to a place in my mental health where I feel so much better than I would have if I was dealing with my emotions and feelings myself. Yeah. Thank you. I love that you spoke to that because I was actually thinking in my head literally before you said that, I'm like, I'm going to bring that up that because that it has been an issue in the faith-based community. I'm like, I'm a believer that God trains and gives people all kinds of gifts, and that includes therapists. And exactly. they are there to help us and to be the best versions of, it doesn't mean we're less faithful. It doesn't mean um, that we don't believe God can heal and all those things, but it it does believe that hey, there's people out there that I gave the gift to this and let's go use some to help you be the best you can be. So I'm so glad you spoke to that. And I love the vision of you dancing around. I think that's wonderful because I I think that there's a misunderstanding sometimes that it, about introverts that they just, you know, I don't know, sit at home and want to be alone. I mean, it's like, no, they like to dance and enjoy and embrace and, and celebrate too. So I love that vision of you dancing around. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um Last thing, five words on how you want to feel the next six months. This is a great question. Um, I would definitely say one would be contentment because I will admit, um, especially last year, I was very discontent with where I was in life. Mm -hmm. I kept seeing people on social media posting about their accomplishments and, you know, graduation and everything. Yeah. And because it was difficult for me to find a job, even though I was really happy for the people who were able to get those job offers mm -hmm. and to graduate and to be able to pay off their student loans and everything, it was still very discouraging for me because um, I was still struggling to find a job. I was still struggling to find a paid position. And I felt like there was something wrong with me or that mm -hmm. I was doing something wrong. As, and that's why the process was delayed for me. So it so it was very difficult for me to be content with yeah. that. But this year, I've noticed that I've been so much more content. And I think that has to do with seeing God's hand at work in areas of my life where I didn't see his hand at last year. And so mm -hmm. I've gotten to a place now where I am content in the season of life that I'm in today, but I still find myself from time to time still comparing myself to others and still finding it difficult to be content and being encouraged and where God has me in today. And so in six months from now, mm -hmm. I hope to just be so much more content and to not allow what I see on social media to dictate mm -hmm. or sway the feelings and emotions that I still struggle with today to go on into the new year. And yeah. another word that I want to feel in the next six months is peace. Mm -hmm. um, I do tend to struggle with, again, you know, keeping my thoughts at bay. As soon as I wake up in the morning, my mind is just constantly thinking. It's just constantly thinking, thinking, thinking. And it can be so hard to shut my mind down, especially before I go to sleep. And so because of that reason, I've lacked peace. Yeah. And, um, you know, I also feel like there are people judging me for that because, again, I mm -hmm. guess it goes back to my faith. And it's like, well, aren't you a Christian? You shouldn't be anxious. You shouldn't have lack of peace in your life. You should enjoy where you are in life. You should enjoy the blessings and the opportunities that have been presented to you and that you have. And 
I am, but it can still be difficult. I'm still a human yeah, being at the end of the absolutely. day. And, you know, I live in this world where everyone can experience hardships, no matter who you are. And so um, I hope that in six months from now, I no longer have to struggle with taking my thoughts captive. I no longer struggle with a lack of peace and just struggling to, um, you know, being able to control my feelings whenever they go awry or when something triggers them to make me get out of place with them. Yeah. And another word that I hope to feel in the next six months is joy. I've definitely have been experiencing so much joy as of recently. Like, I don't know what came over me earlier this month when I was on vacation, but I was just so full of joy. Mm. I was just living on cloud nine. And I think it had to do with the fact that I had a change of scenery and I was on vacation. Yeah. So it allowed me to explore new things and it allowed me to experience like explore a different state than the one that I currently live in right now. And sure. so it was just nice to get away. And it was just nice to experience so much joy and peace during that time. And even since then, I had been experiencing so much joy. And it's like, where is this coming from? Like, why am I feeling so much joy? This is so great. I want to continue to feel this way. And so I hope to continue that going, going into 2023. Um, and another word I would love to feel in six months is encouraged. Mm. Um, and, you know, being encouraged and knowing that God is in control and that he has my best interests at heart. Like he knows exactly what he's doing with my life. And so being encouraged in that and just being encouraged and knowing that you know, the things that are outside of my control, I can't do on my own. I can't do on my own shrimp or my own accord and just leave that in his hands and, you know, not even um, burden myself with that um, because there are things that are in my control that I am responsible for and can take control of, but putting that into his hands and, you know, again, allowing that to encourage me as I'm going into the new year and not even yeah. focusing on the negatives of this year, but being encouraged in the fact that we all have a fresh start, a clean slate, and that this can be a much better year than even this year was for me. And I would say my last word that I want to fill in the next six months is empowered mm. and I guess I'm using that word to, you know, empower others around me who may be struggling in the same areas in which I still struggle with today and being able to be a helping hand to people because I've mm -hmm. always loved to encourage people. I've always loved to give my share and volunteer. So I want to feel empowered and to make others feel empowered because I would not feel right and feeling empowered myself, but not using my life experiences and struggles to help someone else in need. So I also want to make other people feel empowered and not just me feeling empowered in the new season of life that I'm going to be entering into next year. Yeah. Oh, so many good thoughts there. I love your words and I love how you talked about them because I think one in a world you know, your generation has grown up in this world where everything's accessible all the time. Yes. And there can be some downsides to that. That can really create, it creates so much comparison and so much 
you know, we just forget that it's just a snapshot and there's just no time just to breathe. And you don't have to see everything all the time and know everything everybody's doing all the time. It's not always helpful. Um, And so, yeah. So I think that's created some real challenges for your generation. I also love how you spoke to the fact I struggle with anxiety disorder and a form of OCD and that. And so finding peace and contentment and joy has been very difficult. And I've been in an extensive three-year Um, therapy journey in unraveling all those things and finding those things that need to be healed. But no amount of faith or belief was going to move the needle on that until I was willing to do the work with a trained therapist to unravel those things. And that's what God wants for me. And, but I understand what it's like in the faith community of like, well, you have this, why don't, and it's, it's can be very difficult. I'm like, well, I've got some areas that need to be healed. I've had some experiences that have brought these things up and until I can, and, you know, and those things have wired certain things in me. So I'm so glad you spoke to that. I think it's such an important conversation that needs to continue and evolve and be had in faith communities of, of what these journeys look like. So thank you so much for your, your authenticity and vulnerability and sharing that. I really appreciate that. Um, that's, that's it for today, Michaela. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been so great. This has been a great opportunity for me to get to know you better because kind of the, Fun, but also sometimes hard thing about our staff is we live all over the country. And thank goodness for technology that I can implement these great women with me that are all over the place. But within that, with this current staff that I have, we've never met each other in person. (laughs) And so um, I know them all from in context of their work and, and our interactions through the podcast. But it's so great to have these conversations because it gives me a better insight to you as a person and who you are in the world. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Um, a great insights from Michaela. Um, so many encouraging stuff, especially for those 20 somethings right now that are on these journeys. I'm so thankful to, and excited to be able to share this again. Like I said earlier, embracinglairs.com, where you can learn more about Michaela through the show notes, um, through the blog, through the resources that she's going to share that are helpful to her um, and through listening to this episode. And again, finding us on all the socials that we are now going to be on as we kick off season three Um, on Instagram at Embracing Layers. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. We're everywhere, people. Um, But thanks again, Michaela, for joining us. And podcast audience, we just hope you are refreshed, encouraged by this this week and, and have a great week. 